Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. Welcome in to questions from the audience on the road. Questions from the audience on the road here on the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. The studios today, my rental car. The studios of my rental car in a coffee shop parking lot at 819 Eastern on November 19th, 2019, which is uh, our wedding anniversary. But I wanted to make sure that I recorded questions from the audience, and uh, Anna Marie, my wife, and our son are still sleeping, and so I went to go get coffee, and I had emailed Gangster Pete and Iggy last night and said, hey, boys, I didn't bring the recording device, for lack of a better term. I'm sure there's a better way to describe it, microphone. It's not a real complex device, but uh, I just didn't want to risk having to carry it on and breaking it or having to pack it and break it. And I thought, you know what, for this, the only thing I'm recording, I guess I might do pick six, at least the intro on pick six. But uh, in questions from the audience where I'm talking for like an hour, I hope the people can, can live with the cell phone sounding recording. But it's not optimal, I imagine anyway. But... Uh, I didn't want to risk breaking the equipment just for one recording session while I'm on vacation. But I wanted to do questions from the audience while I'm on vacation. I enjoy doing questions from the audience. Here's the problem. I am sick. Uh, my family has been sick. And um, this goes back like two or three weeks for my son. And my wife gets it. And then while she's happy that I don't get it, I think it confuses her and frustrates her why I don't get it. And uh, because she's like, is my immune system weak or is yours strong? And then finally, after like two or three weeks of it, I've broken down and now I am sick. I would imagine I sound different. I feel like I sound different. But, uh, yeah, I'm waking up and, you know, my throat's killing me and spitting crap out. It's awful. It's not, it's, it's, it's absolutely uh, the furthest thing from hot. But. Um, you know, where I am, it's, uh, I don't know what it is right now. It's like I said, it's, uh, it's in the eight o'clock hour Eastern time and, uh, it's beautiful. We're in Sanibel, Florida, where we got married eight years ago today. And, uh, and really, I think there's nothing you can do for your wife on your anniversary, more romantic, more erotic than sit in a car in a coffee shop parking lot 
while ill and talk to no one in particular on a podcast. So that's my gift to you, Anna Marie. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, girl. And with that, as I move past the 1990s R&B that I used to record mixtapes for girls at Koryezu, we go into questions from the audience. The way you can participate is to email tmckernan at insidestl.com, T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at insidestl.com. Um, or we always have the TMA fan page. Um, and I post one there like five minutes ago. But, uh, you know, in St. Louis, it's it's in the 7 o'clock hour, and you know, fan page isn't necessarily buzzing at this point. I also, because I don't feel particularly great, I'm going to be inhaling a beverage more often than not. Also, I just got up like 20 minutes ago, but I wanted to do this and then be able to spend the rest of the day with my family. But I wanted to do it. You know, I like doing it, and I wanted to be able to do it. The audience doesn't care if I'm on vacation. You know, I'm on vacation this week, and we have an interview. We have an interview with Mark Montavani, who was 1,100 votes away in the August of 2018 primary from essentially winning county executive because the Republican was not going to win. There really wasn't a Republican running. I guess there was one, I think, maybe, but not necessarily one that was really in the mix. Um, so that's a that's a great guest. Uh, we had Katie Cruz uh, the week before, loved that one, and Anthony Bartlett of St. Louis Transplants with us the week before. Coming up, Courtney Bryant. She wraps up her tenure in St. Louis before she goes on to rule the world. Recorded with her last week. And um, Smash, the legendary Smash was in. Loved that one. I, I don't really ever dislike these things. I guess the way I would say it to you is this. If you don't hear me getting excited about one, that's our understanding that I didn't really like it. But I don't know if that's happened yet. And we're over 100 interviews. Here's another thing that I really like, and I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about it. You know, people start to, to knock out holiday shopping at this time. And if you or if your loved ones love the morning after, love Inside STL, Go to InsideSTLShop.com because Gangster Pete, one of the producers of this award-winning presentation, has put together some incredible merchandise um, with TMA merch, with um, with hooded sweatshirts, T-shirts, ball caps. It's just some good stuff. And you can knock out shopping for the, the one in your life or the ones in your life. And, uh, and you can do it at InsideSTLShop.com. Plus, some of the stuff that was... Uh, from earlier in the year is uh, discounted. It's all at InsideSTLShop.com. Don't forget, spread the word. Subscribe to the podcast with new interviews every week. I'm still I'm kind of waiting to a point that I'm going, okay, we can't do it every week, but here we are. We're still doing it every week with QFTAs every week, questions from the audience every week, and Pick 6, which I really am not advertising much of outside of Joe yelling about Iggy. That's basically what the podcast is at this point. Although I think the weatherman might have done okay last week. You know what I'm going to do? Because this is really going to be all over the map. I, it's just going to be all over the map. I have the QFTAs, a bunch of them this week, a bunch of them in email. And I'm sitting, this is my, my laptop's in my passenger seat. Um, and one just came in from Curtis as I'm sitting here. Um, let's see. He had Minnesota plus three against Iowa. That did not cover by a point. That had to be sweet. I teased it because I'm the sweetheart teaser guy. And I covered. Uh, but he was 0-1 there, LSU minus 21 and Ole Miss. I don't know if that covered. I think it covered. This is 
great podcasting when a guy's in his car and he's looking up scores from games that are four days old. Let's see. I just typed LSU Ole Miss into a search engine. I'm hoping that this wireless signal from the coffee shop carries out here. I'm starting to think it's not going to. That's a problem because it's how I'm getting my emails. Oh, they pushed. So how about that? Boy, they should have covered that thing. All right, so he's 0-1-1. Wake Forest, Clemson over. I don't think that went over. Let's see if I'm on that. This is again. This is this is the skip buttons lighthouse. People are just going, oh, I hear Tim's going over scores. It did not cover Weatherman. Okay, so I thought the Weatherman had a good week. I was wrong. UCLA did not cover plus 21. Florida, of course, did cover against Missouri and Texas, did cover against Iowa State. So what is that, 2, 3, and 1, am I right? <coughs> anyway, Weatherman's having a rough year. Um, Percentage-wise, I think that was right on his mark, 2 out of 5, because I think he's right at 40%. But either way, we do that on Thursdays. I'm going to give this to you. Because I haven't given my picks, but I haven't really been paying attention. But now I'm paying attention. All right, this is the first time of many where I'm going to roll down my window and spit. All right, that's that's where we are here. Here it is. You're going to hear it. There it is. I'll find That is, that's amazing. They're, they're smiling at St. Louis University High and the Missouri Journalism School. Um, that... Um, so I did I, one of the, one of the games for the four played last night, and that was the Chiefs and Chargers. And what I do is the sweetheart teaser, and I've talked about this a little bit with Gangster Pete, and I've actually been tracking the data. And part of me didn't want to say anything about it, and I'm not going to go into the detail on it here because, after all, I am spitting out the window and looking at college football scores from four days ago. So we're 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 going to only air things that are of top priority. But I'm going to give you I'm going to give you one now. Unfortunately, one of them has already played, and that was the Chiefs and Chargers. But you can move the spread 12 points either way for either the team or the over/under, and you can pick four games. And they don't have to be in the same week, but they all have to be on the board. So in the case of the Chiefs and Chargers, I can move the total down to 40.5. Good thing, by the way, because the total wound up being 41. But I bet the over, and it covered. And part of that was not necessarily me loving it, but just wanting to have something on the Monday night game. And I also thought, ah, it's probably going to go well over that. So I won't have a sweat. And then I wound up, it didn't sweat. It covered in the third, but they didn't score another point in the fourth. Um, And I I was thinking about the altitude that I think played a role in that. But on the other side of it, um, the, the field was a disaster. That probably didn't help scoring. So I got that. So that's in the book. So now I only have three more games, and they're already picked. But so I was going through it, and usually the edge is in the NFL. I mean in a huge way, because if you think about it, you have a 24-point delta. And with the spread, 12 points either way, that, that the, with the NFL, it's not like, you know, uh, you know, Florida State or Nebraska game from the mid-'90s. They're, they're, they're not going to score like 80 points. So you have a ballpark idea. I'm talking about one team scoring 80 points. You have a ballpark idea where it is, and most of the time it will fall in that delta. Either way, by the way, more often than not, both the over and the under will hit. And I would say 60% of the time, both teams win in the sweetheart teaser. You're in a good spot. But it doesn't always happen. The one that got me this week was the Falcons and the Panthers. That only wound up going, um, I think, 30, 
two, maybe twenty nine to three, and the, the the tease down total was thirty six and a half, so that hurt. And then the Patriots and Eagles, I had that at thirty two and a half. I had the over on that, but by halftime, I could tell with the wind we we're gonna have a problem. So then I just bet it back, and I bet the under, and I bet the under like at forty two actually. So I had. Uh, I had a spot where I could hit both. If it fell between 32 and 42, you're winning both. I hope I'm not losing. Nobody might be listening at this point. Everybody might have bailed at this point. But this week, I'm giving you something outside of asking you to subscribe and spread the word about all this stuff. Um, I was going through these spreads, and I'm like, okay, I'll put I'll put something on the uh, on the on the Chiefs and Chargers over. Did five little $25 bets, six $25 bets. So essentially, I guess 150 because if that loses, and it's, it's, you're betting your minus 120 on these sweetheart teasers. So if I lose the 25, I'm losing 30, actually, but winning 25. But all four have to hit. And so I'm just going through the spreads while I'm sitting around, looking ahead, and in, with with it, I have, I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. And now I'm scared to say because I haven't been talking about any picks publicly. Weatherman's been handling that. Georgia minus one. I mean, Georgia might not be in the same class as LSU. I'd be shocked, as a matter of fact, if they hung with LSU in the SEC championship game. But with that said, they have an incredible defense. And Texas A&M is not a great team, and they're at home, and they're in the mix for the national championship. Georgia's, I, I, I mean, all you're betting is Georgia minus Georgia to win. That's your bet. It's Georgia minus one. And so what you can do here, because that, that, I've included it in everything, I'm going to be heavily leveraged on Georgia uh, winning. What you can do to protect yourself is bet the money line on Texas A&M. See, so it's not about going all in. It's about hedging. Now, there isn't a money line up yet. And the number has moved up a half point, so now you'd be minus one and a half. But I got it at minus 13, which means I was able to move it down to minus one because of the 12 points. Now you wouldn't be in a spot where just winning gets you home or pushes. Um, so that, that's, a, that's a bad break. But what I would do is I'd bet the, the Texas A&M money line, and I would guess they're around plus 300 to plus 350. So you can bet whatever, 50, I guess, and then if, if it is – 350, then that means you win 175. So it helps you hedge. Um, just as a little pro tip, because I'm, cause I think I'm going to have like 30 of these things with Georgia in it. It's just you know you got to get four, and if you feel like you have one that is in the realm of being a lock, and you can also the rare spot where the spread is one to um, a half or a pick, or they're getting points. Um, you know, you take advantage of that, and you can you can bet the other team's money line. So you you have the ability to hedge. So there's that, and then here, you know, and I, I think at this point, even like the Missouri fans who get angry and accuse the St. Louis media and fans for being the reason why the program isn't successful because the media is not supportive and the fans don't show up, even though 57,000 people went to an 11 o'clock game for a team that hasn't scored a touchdown since the night of Game Four of the World Series, but fine, let's go on Twitter and talk about how there isn't fan support um, for this mess. But if you tease Tennessee up with the Tennessee spread, because Tennessee-Missouri, I guess it was it dropped to five and a half because I got it at 17 and a half yesterday. Let me see where it is now. As of Tuesday morning, and it could continue to 
to morph. Um, tick tock, tick tock. It's dropped to five. It keeps moving the wrong way. Now you have Tennessee plus either 17 or 17 and a half. And Missouri might win. I certainly would not. God, Missouri's might. Wow. Here's another bet I just discovered as we're talking. Tennessee's plus 185. You're damn near getting two to one on your money on the money line. I'm telling you. I, 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 if I'm putting percentages on winning that game, this is this is this is dangerous because many of you will listen to this after the game's been played, um, and inevitably something will go wrong, and you'll be able to email me. And where is all the Tennessee support now? But if, if these, these teams play. Let's say they play ten times. I think Tennessee wins seven out of ten times. Uh, at this point, Tennessee's moving in a really well positive direction. Missouri is obviously not. Um, but it's it's not a lot. Maybe six. I don't know. Either way, but you're getting two to one on your money. Game theory dictates you bet Tennessee. But what I'm telling you is if you're not interested in that, how about Tennessee plus 17 and a half? And if Missouri were to win, do you imagine a circumstance in which Missouri says put, they put up 30 points for a team that hasn't scored a touchdown since like the second quarter against Kentucky? Or was it the third quarter against Kentucky? Um, you know, you see what I'm saying? So they might win, but if they win, it's going to be like 13 to 10 or something. So, you know, that's how you're protected there. And then, then there are a few to throw. I, the, the Georgia and the Tennessee ones are the ones that just make me. The Panthers-Saints over down to 34.5. Huge fan of that. The Packers-49ers over down to 34. Huge fan of that. And then this is for the Plowhawk because I've included it. Illinois plus 27.5 at Iowa. Part of that is Illinois being improved, and the other part of it is Iowa, similar to Missouri, except they win, doesn't score a whole lot of points. Who knows what the conditions will be like, by the way, on Saturday in Iowa City. So even if Illinois loses by 25 points, you still win. And then I like Oklahoma minus 6 because of the same reason we're talking about Georgia. This is the weekend to do this shit because these teams that are kind of on the – Periphery, God, I'm sorry, I'm a mess. I, I know this sounds awful. Oklahoma's minus six at home against TCU. They got to win, but they got to win with some style points. So I love Oklahoma minus six, but Georgia and, and Tennessee are two of my favorites. Uh, and then the over on the Rams and Ravens on Monday Night Football. The only thing there is the Rams aren't scoring. So, And then the Ravens did hold the Texans in check this past week. So that one I don't have at the five-star level, but the rest of these are in the five-star level. So I'm either gonna I'm either gonna get get paid this weekend or lose substantial amounts. But uh, there are games I love, and I don't feel that way a lot of times. Sometimes it's like oh, I'll do my stupid little twenty-five-dollar four-game teasers and whatever. But this week, just because I'm like oh, I'll throw something on the Chiefs and the tar- Chargers, let me look at the other games so I can put a, put the Chiefs and Chargers with three other games. I'm like, oh my god, holy shit. And I don't think it's – I don't, see, I wouldn't bet Georgia – I, if I had to, I guess I'd take Georgia minus 13. I don't know if I would because of their offensive issues. But Georgia minus one, all day long. And would I take Missouri minus five and a half or Tennessee plus five and a half? I'd take Tennessee, but I wouldn't be, like, going out of my way loving it because I could see Missouri winning by six. But can I take Tennessee plus 17 and a half? You're damn right I can. Would I take Oklahoma minus 18? 
If I had to, I would, but I wouldn't be jumping up and down about it. Oklahoma minus less than a touchdown, absolutely. And then all these NFL things, they're always about the 12 points. You know, I mean, the total for the Panthers and Saints at 46.5, I'm not thrilled about. The total for the Panthers and Saints at 34.5, absolutely. So there it is. I'm giving you something here. You know, it's it's our wedding anniversary, but I'm giving my gift to you. And I think that's reflective of my character. I, I really do. Or just the fact that I'm out of my mind right now and I'm babbling. It's it's one of the two. Now I'm going to enjoy a little bit of my coffee. Uh, if Stedman were around, I would ask him to play the time kill music. This is a beverage. Ah, yes. Well, I'm telling you. I hope you guys don't have this stuff. But, I mean, we got it back in St. Louis. It's just now we're dealing with it down in Florida. Um, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Uh, yeah, they're all, and I got a bunch of them, emails. Um, and this one just came in at 726 St. Louis time this morning. I posted it on the fan page. Hey, Tim. Do you ever just sit back and wonder why the TMA show platform has been so successful for such a long time? The TMA live events, raising money for Larry Nickel. I don't mean to sound condescending, but the show's following is unlike anything I've ever seen, and I wonder if you just sit back and say, what the fuck, and just left. Um, I don't know, I don't know why, that, why that would be condescending. I mean, it's a, it's a hell of a compliment. So um, I appreciate it. I just think that condescending wouldn't be the right word there. Uh, my other question is, when you go on vacation, do you listen to the show as a fan, or do you try and completely block off anything related to the show? Thanks, Tim. That's from Curtis. Um, as Tony LaRusse would say, I'll take the second one first. I don't think any of us listen to the show when we're on the road, unless I don't know if I ever have in 15 and a half years. Um, I would bet every dollar I have that Doug does not. Uh, and it might not even cross his mind that he's on the show when he's not in town. And um, I guess the cat maybe would, maybe just because he has some time and would podcast, but I would say that it's it's highly unlikely. I guess I would if there was something substantial going on, um, but if there's not, but if it, honestly, if there's something substantial going on, I, I will like, move my vacation around like we take vacations strategically you know rarely will we take a vacation i don't even know if i ever have unless we did it like spur of the moment back before we had a, a kid um uh you know where we would would take one in october never did as a matter of fact matter of fact uh tinged with irony we were going to get married like on anna marie's parents wedding anniversary but their anniversaries in october and i did not want to risk being the guy who the cardinals are in the world series and here we are getting married and people can't watch the game that's what i was thinking and by the way it's not like we were knocking this out like a month beforehand we're planning this you know 10 months in advance and this was 2011 and had we done it, I believe it would have been on the night of Game 3 of the World Series, the night Albert Pujols hit three home runs in Texas. But earlier that year, when we were at spring training at the storied picnic table, uh, Adam Wainwright holds an abrupt press conference 
five feet away from the picnic table, for real. I mean, we could just hold up our microphones when, when he was doing it, announcing that he's done for the season with Tommy John surgery. And I really believe, I texted my wife and I said, I know we've set November 19th, but we could do October now because the Cardinals won't be winning the World Series. Adam Wainwright's done for the year. And, of course, they go on to win the World Series. Once again, maybe you should pump the brakes on my sweetheart teaser plays when you hear stories like this. But that did happen. And I've told John Mozeliak that, and he didn't necessarily find it amusing. I think he said something along the lines of, you really need to get a life, and that I would move my our wedding around based on the Cardinals potentially being in the World Series. But I'm sure you guys have been in a spot in your lives lives, lives, nurse, in which you want to watch a game, but you're going to a wedding. And then you kind of, even though they didn't do anything wrong, you're kind of resentful of the couple because it's like, man, I want to watch this game. You know, and it's not like a, you know, like Penn State, Ohio State's a big game this weekend. You know, nobody's thinking about that. It's like a Missouri game or a Blues game or a, a Cardinal game. And, and, you, and you can't watch it because you're at the wedding. And I didn't want to do that to people. And my wife didn't want to do that to people. We wanted people to be able to enjoy it. We got married down here in Sanibel. Wanted people to just come down here and, you know, our our 10-minute ceremony would be a minor inconvenience from getting fucked up and, you know, being in 80-degree weather in November. I didn't want to be at a spot where it's like, oh, you assholes got married and now we can't watch the game. So that was the thought process. Um, Ryan Kelly's the home loan expert, and he is the sponsor of our studios here on the Tim McKernan Show. Without him, we don't have a podcast. So make sure you're supporting our sponsor, Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. And with interest rates dropping and this being home buying season, this is a prime time to get in and get yourself a great rate and lock in. Or if you want to refinance, now's the time to do so. Ryan Kelly's the person to do it with. He is online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, the studio sponsor of this program. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. So anyway, that wasn't your question. Your question was, we listen to the show. I don't think anybody does. I honestly don't. I can't imagine Iggy does. I can't imagine Pete does. I can't imagine the Plowhawk does. And it's not because we don't like the show. We love the show. It's just, I don't know, it's it's an improv show, you know? And I, I back when it was first starting out, I think it upset, I can picture, I know the people, but I'm not going to name names, and it's not like a bunch of people. It's like a couple, if couple, maybe one or two. And they're older, obviously. Uh, they're like, well, those guys don't work hard. You know, they don't prep. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry we can play the game and we don't have to write out our show, you know? Sorry. Sorry, we can do it. You know, too fucking bad. <laughs> fucking care. The show's on for 15 and a half years. It's popular, and we improv. You know, should I, as if I would spend a second of time thinking about somebody else's show and giving a fuck, um, should I go, oh, they don't improv. They have to ride it out and, you know, get up super early and, you know, to, to right out there because they can't do it off the cuff. No, because I don't care. But that was like one of the criticisms of when it was first starting out of the show. And again, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about from like, I, like, like for real, like two, maybe three people, because the the misnomer was if you aren't prepping, then you aren't working. All right, I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's not like we're not paying attention. We're just not like writing out a show. 
somebody said you had to ride out of this is what I said last week when somebody asked about sports talk. For real, if somebody were to say, here, here's two times what you're making per year and some kind of big signing bonus or something like that, um, but you can only talk sports, uh, I'd be like, yeah, not interested. For real, not interested. Part of it is because it would bore me and I wouldn't be any good at it. And then the second thing would be it wouldn't I, because I'd be bored, not good at it. It wouldn't last long. So then there'd be no point in doing it. Um, so this show is not like HBO Real Sports or 60 Minutes or something like that, where it's like, oh, I wonder, or a podcast. I'd be more inclined to listen to the Cats podcast <laughs> than I would TMA. Obviously, with my podcast, I know what it was. I'm not going to go back and listen to it. I was there doing the interviews or QFTA. Uh, at this point, I don't know who would listen to Pick 6 because everybody's picking the wrong games. Unless G-Unit or Producer Joe's doing well this week, I say with a disclaimer. I don't even remember what they picked. I don't even know I was in the studio when they were picking. Uh, last year, it had value. Fuck, I, I, if I wouldn't have been on Pick 6, I would have listened because the weatherman went 65% against the spread. So when you're getting something, you can't – but when you're improving. Like, my brother owns the improv shop um, in the Grove, and very proud of him, my brother Kevin. He started that thing. He fell in love with improv at, uh, at Indiana University, and to his credit, it wasn't his main job, but he started the improv shop. It was in the Central West End, and then he moved it to the Grove, and it's you know it's where Dan McLaughlin and I hosted the thing with the Zalock last year. Doug and I did a Q&A there a few years ago. Me, Joe Buck did one in 2017 when his book came out. And it's improv. I mean, it's a, people go up on a stage because they can talk about improv like everybody knows what it is. I think most people do, but somebody yells out a topic from the audience and the performers essentially riff. Uh, it's a talent with an audience in that setting that I could not do. I look at it, it's like I look at musicians. I couldn't do that. But with radio, we can and we do, but because it's improv, unless... It would unless there'd be like right now. I'm obviously not on the show. The show is on as I'm doing this. It's 7:47 back in St. Louis as I'm talking. Um, like if there were breaking news regarding like the Cardinals made a huge trade or a big free agent signing or something like that, I would absolutely tune in. But to like just hear like the riffing, it, I wouldn't do it. And I don't. And I don't. And like I said, I don't think anybody else on the show would. Um, but it's not a case of not – like if I did, like I'll, I'll say this. There have been times when I'm driving around like to a doctor's appointment or something like that or maybe on the way to the airport because I'm off that day and um, we'll have it on and I laugh. Or if I have to leave early and uh, it's like 9.15 and I got a doctor's appointment or something like that, then I have it on. I'm laughing. you know. So it's not like, God, I can't stand this without me. But I think it's better um, because I'm self-loathing. So that, I think, is across the board. Your first question, uh, do I ever sit just sit back and wonder why the TMA show platform has been so successful for such a long time? The TMA live events, raising money for Larry Nickel, I don't mean to sound condescending, but the show's following is unlike anything I've ever seen, and I wonder if you just sit back and say, what the fuck, and just laugh. Um, this is it's kind of a two-part answer because – I I don't know if I saved the email. It, it wouldn't matter because nobody would know the person. Um, but I remember, for lack of a better term, hitting it off with a gentleman 
for what was Clear Channel at the time, what is now iHeart. And it was on a Rams trip, and it might have been the Super Bowl against the Patriots in 2002. That was February of 2002, the 2001 season. Or it might have been one earlier. Um, and we just kind of, I felt like we hit it off. And, I, it, you know, I wasn't even doing radio. I don't even know if I was thinking about doing radio at the time. And, um, and I said to him, um, I said, is there, and I remember sending an email after following up on the conversation. I said, I think he was kind of interested in maybe me doing radio. And I said, I feel like there's a market for a show in St. Louis that's kind of about sports, but really more about just kind of fucking off that's geared toward a younger audience. Because my observation was, and at that point I'm in my early, mid-20s, that there was nothing in St. Louis for younger people. And I hate that it's my opinion, because it's not like I'm scouring for content on the radio in St. Louis at all, but I think minus the Rizzuto show, which is a huge show, I don't really know if there is another show in in St. Louis outside of TMA that has like this core, it's not like 40-somethings and 50-somethings and 60-somethings don't listen, but, you know, it's 20-somethings and 30-somethings that make up the majority of the audience, and that just struck struck me as kind of sad in a way, and kind of still does. Um, but but at the same time, a business opportunity, supply and demand. I believe there is a demand. There is no supply. There is our edge. Let's do something about it. Um, and he liked the idea, but you know it wasn't something he was ready to move forward on. I started doing radio, not with the morning grind or the morning after. That didn't come until 2004, but I started doing radio uh, four months later at KFNS with Rich Gould and Jennings Randolph Jr. And I would I would imagine if somebody could find audio of that, they wouldn't even recognize me. But I mean, I was kind of you know I was new and I was subservient to Rich and Jay, and um, and I I think deep down, whereas we joke about it now, I think they thought possibly, maybe I'm wrong on this, and I don't think they would ever acknowledge it, and I don't blame them for doing it, um, that I was there because my dad was the general sales manager, even though here I am as a reporter and weekend anchor at KMOV, so it's not like I'm just some random being thrown on the air. You know, I'd been at KMOV at that point for a couple of years. Um, and so they had to play ball, and they couldn't necessarily bust balls because my dad's the GSM. I, I, I could be wrong. This could all be in my head. But either way, it wasn't. I just don't think it was, you know, I don't know. It wasn't. It, it, I wasn't what I, you know. I just was a different. I have the same personality, but I wasn't expressing it the way I was in twenty two thousand two. Uh, and then I started working with Frank Cusimano maybe in two thousand three because getting up so early, kind of like what Charlie Marlowe's dealing with now, and doing TV was killing me. And uh, and um, so Frank was doing a show from nine to eleven. And uh, started working with him, and that went on from maybe the middle of 2003, the beginning of 2003, until we started up the morning grind, which was the byproduct of Frank would miss time, and then I'd have Martin and the cat come in, and the new ownership group that bought the station in 2004 heard this fill-in and said, that's our morning show. And so to their credit, whereas they didn't necessarily have a great run in St. Louis, I wasn't thinking that. I wasn't thinking that at all. 
but they they were they listened to the three of us and they go, Jesus, that's the morning show. We're moving those guys in the morning, and they paid well, paid so well that I was able to leave TV. It wasn't like I was um, making an absurd amount of money, but at the time I'm 25, six, seven, 27, eight, and I hated doing TV. I hated the hours. It was totally creatively unfulfilling. Um, I wasn't going anywhere at, at that at KMOV. I should, I should have been on the hunt. Uh, when my first contract came up, I really I, that was that was that was the biggest miss of my career. That was a big miss. That was a big miss. Not that I would, I don't know. That was just a big, and I didn't realize it. I didn't realize. It. I talk about like Mark Hanna and and just regretting not uh, being on it with financial advice in my twenties career wise. That was the big miss. That was the big miss because I would I would have three years of experience in a big market in St. Louis. Uh, God, I was coming off of winning Best Sports Anchor Emmy in the Midwest, sports, Best Sports Reporter in the Midwest, and Edward R. Merle Award for sports reporting. And and I was a free agent. But I had zero interest in leaving St. Louis because with the TV money and with the radio money, in my mind, I'm making a lot of money. Uh, and uh, at that time, um, and I was just happy. But I was fulfilled, and uh, the enemy of uh, you know ambition is is being satisfied, and that's what happened. And I reg- I truly do regret that, not because I'm like oh I wish because I did I got an opportunity two opportunities outside of St. Louis, a big opportunities in Denver with Fox Sports, Rocky Mountain, and hosting a national show, which would have been with Carissa Thompson in 2006, and and with uh, SNY in New York, which we talk about often when talking about career moves. Uh, in 2007, but I'm telling you, it's a weird deal. It's like, it's like if you're like you're evaluating baseball talent now. Well, Marcelo Zuna is 29 now, you know, but Juan Soto, man, he's only 21. So even if you know, I know Zuna's not a better player than Soto, but if you have equal talents, but one is a few years younger, that's the one that people go with. And I just wasn't thinking that way. I didn't have an agent because I was happy being in St. Louis, even on the number three guy. And I know, I, I know the way it worked. Um, the hair thing's a factor. Sounds stupid, but it's a factor. And uh, had a full head of hair and uh, I guess had a TV look and experience. And so I probably could have gone somewhere, quote, unquote, bigger. But I didn't really have interest in that. But that, that then puts you on a trajectory to do some stuff. But again... You know, where, 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 okay, so that's 14, no, 16 years ago. Where would I have gone? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I really don't know. I, I suppose, I guess anything's in play. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I guess if it would have led to like a really big opportunity at 25, God, 25, um, 26, 26, um, who knows? But uh, I don't know. I just didn't want to do it. So it's not. It's not like it's not like I was debating whether or not I wanted to do it, and therefore I didn't do it. It wasn't even on my mind, and I regret that. Um, with financials, which I talk about with Mark Hanna, wonderful sponsor of the podcast, EvergreenSTL.com. I uh, I didn't really know better. Once I knew better, then I did something about it. It's just I didn't know better until like my late thirties, and that is a that's a monster disappointment as well. 
it's one thing though if you know and then you still do wrong that that's that's a different deal that you can really kick yourself about so on these things that I guess I suppose I have regrets about a lot of them I didn't know I was doing wrong until after the fact so I can't really beat myself up about it but yeah now I look back on these things like why did you stop taking Propecia asshole why didn't you know to set aside like half of what you're bringing in you know it might be uncomfortable but set the fuck aside and then watch it compound oh my god ah you know and why weren't you just like you know what i might not leave kmov but at least let's just see what's out there i wasn't thinking nobody said anything to me about it and i wasn't thinking that way and had i had an agent oh we at least would have gotten it out there and i know there would have been opportunities and who knows i don't know i don't know so that 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 bothers me. But either way, getting back to what the question was regarding radio, there was a conscious decision to put together a program that would appeal to younger people. Um, and we did it. But when we did it and when they chose it for the morning show, and then I left television because, like I said, it was going nowhere, um, uh, I was not of you're not thinking, okay, let's put this together and let's now do this for the next 15 years. It's just not the way you think at all. I mean, I'm 27 when it started. It's just, I don't think too many 27-year-olds are like, okay, let me do this thing that's going to go on for the next 15 years at all. It's like uh started the morning grind in July of 04, started inside SCL.com in August of 05, and neither one of those things I'm thinking, okay, what's our five-year plan at all? Inside SCL.com was I'm killing a one-year non-compete from KMOV I'm bored. Okay, let's try to capitalize on it and start this thing that's associated with the radio show. Um, and it wound up, you know, certainly still associated with the radio show, but not necessarily only about the radio show. So as far as do we, like, laugh about it? Um, no, I, because because we know, even though I don't think anybody, even if, if they were, like, under oath, I don't think, Ah, maybe we could say it. I don't know. It's, it's just not really the personalities uh, of the people involved to, like, say, yeah, you know, look at us. Um, you know, we're so good. What I think it is is I think individually all parties involved on the show and almost everybody who's been associated with the show since its beginning are – Number one, talented, and in certain ways. Like, Doug's talent is different than the cat's talent. Um, but they complement each other. Um, so everyone is talented, but in different ways that then create this this chemistry, which is the key. The chemistry is the key. And then secondarily, almost across the board, for everyone who's been involved with the show, there are there is this personality trait that you have for almost everybody who's been a part of the show across the board, quality people. And therefore, if you have the personality trait of I'm going to bust balls, but therefore I know I'm going to get my balls busted. So it's like a roast every day. Um, but I'm not going to take it personally. Uh, you have a dynamic where it's reindeer games and then the audience is welcome to participate in the reindeer games, and the audience is off limits. Individuals in the audience are off limits unless they get involved in the reindeer games. If they don't want to be in the reindeer games, 
then they don't get involved. But if they do, then they also know what the, you know, you can't have it, you can't dish it out, and then not expect to have to be able to take it. So, um, and then also, if, if and when there are sports topics or political topics or local issues, we do put on our big boy hats, and I think we can talk about them, you know, and I'd put us up against anybody in, in the market. Um, because there's there's not only a level of, um, you know, I think some quality dialogue, but but rarely does it devolve into shouting at the other person and where people hold it hold a grudge like i'm telling you man in the in the 15 and a half years we've been doing this thing god i can think of two times where it was like awkward in a commercial break and one of them was like 2007 so um and i think the other one was the morning i did the show but it was a day or two removed from it was Saturday morning. So this would have been Monday morning from um, Anna Marie thinking she lost our baby, our baby who is now two years old, Jameson. And I thought I could come and do the show. I thought it would be good for me to do the show. And right when the show started, I was like, oh, my God, I'm a mess. Uh, and I shouldn't be here, and I know the audience can tell I'm a mess, and this is going to be a real problem today. Um, yeah, but that, that wasn't one of that. It was around that time. It was in the same studio. So I can picture where it was, but um, maybe that wasn't it. I don't know. It, it had to do, I don't know, it had to do with um, election stuff, and I don't think it's necessarily, and, and it wasn't, uh, I wasn't upset with a take or anything like that. I was trying to wrap up a segment, and it just kept going, like an argument between, uh, I think, maybe Doug and Tony Messenger, and it got awkward. And I was trying to wrap up the segment. It just kept going. Um, but none of it's ever per. I mean, there's just a, there's a mutual respect, I think, like to think. I know there is on my end, and I think there is that we recognize that we make each other better. And um, I have, so 46 minutes in, you're getting a little reward here. You know, I have a, I have a frustration with, um, with radio people who um, are interested in, in our show and recognize that it is this, um, that it's pop, at the very least it's popular. And I'll have these conversations with radio executives and they'll acknowledge, they'll rattle off the, the, the shows in the market that they consider to be needle movers, Rizzuto, Glover, and our show. And that's not intended to be a shot at anybody else. I guess some people take this stuff personally. I don't, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, are we really going to like, you know, but whatever, Fine. I don't fucking care. But it, this, these are, these are the people's words. Um, but then they're like, you know, but you're the guy who drives it, and so, you know, we're really focused on on you, you know. And and I'd be like, that's lovely, and it's, it's, it's a wonderful sentiment, but I'm telling you as the guy who has been on it from the very beginning, and I guess um, I guess have, have, have more reps of the morning grind slash morning after than anybody because the cat had this, what, nine months where he was getting a new bathroom in 2007. Um, you know, I know 
I know that it's the group. And that's not that's not like a that's not like I'm accepting an Academy Award and let me, you know, let me be do a speech where everybody says, oh, he's a really good guy because he's deflecting. I'm not. I, or, or whatever, distributing um, praise. It's, it's truly not. Listen, this this is me doing a show here. It's obviously different than the morning after. A lot of people like it. I'm flattered. I'm candidly, as I talk about, anytime I talk about the numbers for QFTA, I'm surprised because I'm in a parking lot in Sanibel in front of the Sanibel Bean Coffee Shop uh, talking to no one in particular outside of the audience. But I guess, as I've been told, people are interested in hearing what I have to say, which is fascinating to me because in my mind I'm just babbling and I think there's some kind of issue with me. But if people like it because they think it's, you know, and it is, it is honest, um, that's flattering. And if they think it's informed and they're, they're curious to hear my, my perspectives on things, I'm honored because I don't really know what the fuck I've done to warrant that. But if people like it, then that's great. I'm honored. Um, but this is different than the morning after. And that's not to say there isn't a market for this. Obviously, there's a market for this, but it's different than the morning after. And so what I say to these radio executives is it's the whole group. You know, it's the whole group. It's not, it's not, and I'm not talking about me, Doug, and the cat. I'm talking about me, Doug, and the cat and the producers. And over the years, it's been producer Joe and the non-gay. Um, and now you have this iteration of uh, the pips with uh, Gangster Pete, Niggy, and the Plowhawk. You know, Stedman's been a key part of it. John Seymour was a hell of a producer. You know, I mean, um, and, and interns and board ops, uh, you know, I mean, Brian Ray, because people go, uh, you know, if you don't talk about somebody, does that mean you don't like them? No, it's, it's just there's been a bunch. But, I mean, there's been some people who have been on for a lot longer than others. Um, and so uh, it's the group. And it's also the audience. The audience is a big part of it. The audience writes in these ridiculously brilliant emails and texts. You know, it's this group. <coughs> I'm going to spit out the window and Oh, my God. And maybe I'll, my coffee's probably getting to the point where it's cold. Mm. Not bad. Not bad. You know, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency is my insurance agent. So this is a first-hand endorsement of James Carlton and his staff in Webster Groves. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. I think a lot of people just go, okay, well, I've got a guy, I've got a lady, I'm good, I don't really care to talk about insurance, it's something, you know, I'm 25, whatever, and that's fine. I understand. I used to think the same way, and then I go down to my basement on March 30th of 2019, and the basement's flooded, and the world changes. It just so happens, because my interactions with James have been so positive, that my wife and I switched to James Carlton uh, in late 2018. And I'm telling you, if we had not, the odyssey that has been a flooded basement throughout all of this precipitation in St. Louis would have been infinitely more difficult to navigate without somebody as active. And on top of it is James Carlton. His phone number is 314-961-4800, or you can go online at carltoninsurance.net. And even now he still checks in, you know, I mean, it's, it's just a different ball game. And even before we had that, which of course was a substantial issue, um, you know, we weren't covered on, on something or I had forgotten to make a payment. It wasn't like it was like some monster payment. It was a small payment. But he's like, Hey, just so you know, uh, you haven't made this payment. We want to make sure that's taken care of. So you're covered. It's just, 
it's it's just different. It's different in a much better way. And that's why, you know, if, if you ran into me at a, at a bar or restaurant and said, hey, you know, and I have had it happen. Hey, Tim, who's that insurance agent? People email me. And I go, oh, it's James Carlton. Here, let me include him on the on the email. And I know he's going to be on top of it. I don't think twice about it. It's not like I'm like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about him. And then somebody actually wants to follow up. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope he does okay. The best, the absolute best. And you're talking about your biggest investments. So you want to make sure they're taken care of properly. James Carlton and his staff at Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency will certainly do that. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. So anyway, that frustrates me. And again, it's not, it's not at my expense per se. It's we want you. And I'm like, thank you. That's, that's very kind of you. If you do believe in what we do, though, or what I do, then if you could, please consider the group. Because I'm telling you, even if it winds up costing me some money because you want the group, then, then go with the group. You know, because the group is what makes it work. So you're asking me if I, if it, you know, do I sit back and laugh? In a way, I, I, I here's what, here's, here's what, I don't laugh. It makes me smile because for 15 and a half years, I have been lucky enough to get up and go do something that I love. And so I don't laugh about that because laughing about it makes it sound like I'm getting over. Um, I smile about it because for more than a third of my life and well more than half of, I mean, fuck, like 90% of my professional life, I've been able to do this. And I'm, I'm lucky to work with people I like slash respect who make me laugh and this audience I like and respect um, who also make me laugh, and that's my job. So laughing would make it sound like, like laughing at it, make, would make it sound like this is a fucking scam. Um, and that that certainly isn't the case, um, you know. But the other side of it is uh, that I smile because this is, I, I know and it was good to have the situation in 2007 where Martin, I, I didn't like it, but I, I went through the experience where Martin quit, producer Joe, first producer Joe got fired, Martin quit, and then the cat got his new bathroom. And I, it's still me, and I still have a cast I'm working with, but it went from, I don't know, I, it went from like the Lakers Showtime era, and I know this is a dated reference of sorts, I'm talking about like Magic and James Worthy, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, you know, Byron Scott, A.C. Green, Kurt Rambis, playing, playing that quickly, that kind of, that kind of basketball, that kind of speed to, you know, take your pick of another Lakers era like a couple of years ago. And, and it's not intended to be a shot. It really isn't a shot. I guess if somebody wanted it to be a shot, they could take it as a shot. It's not. It's, it's just that's that that was the speed that is the speed that the show the show makes people laugh because it's you, it's it's an, it's absurdity that comes quickly and and it makes people feel like they're part of a club that they get these inside jokes that come quickly and it's the quickness of Doug's mind and the cat's mind and the absurdity and lack of self-awareness 
of Iggy and the Plowhawk, uh, the I don't really give a fuck, but I know that's going to lead to you texting in and hating me of Gangster Pete. Um, and whatever it is, I guess I, I suppose I'm the, the ringmaster of of the circus. Um and being a pervert and saying, yeah, you know, threesomes, foursomes are great. Oh, but you're, you know, you know, and um, whatever it is that I that I I don't even know what the fuck I bring to the table. But whatever. And you have this whole mishmash of people, but it's 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 operating at a, at a quick speed. And so you know, when sometimes um, like Doug or the cat, like there there have been times, not often, but when Doug and the cat are out. And the station will say, hey, you know, what about this person? And this goes on over the years, so you can t- t- pick a bunch of names here. And I'll be like, you know what, I'd rather just do the show by myself. Because I'm used to doing this, and it requires, I don't know, it doesn't require, but for the show to have the same speed, so to speak, style, it requires certain personalities, like Charlie Marlowe and Jay Randolph Jr., and to answer the question that gets asked, I feel at this point now every other day, Charlie is anchoring on Channel 2 until 11.30 every night and does not want to get up at 6 in the morning after not going to bed at 2, which is what he does when he anchors during the week, uh, to fill in on TMA. That's why you haven't heard from Charlie. I love Charlie. Um, but hell, I don't know. I don't know if Charlie's going to still be doing all of this stuff in a few years, but if he is, I'd love to work with Charlie. So it has nothing to do with it's just Charlie. Unless I get it, man. I did the TV thing. I don't know how the cat and Doug do it where they're up late and then they get up super early. But God bless them, they do. We're lucky that they do. Um, so I would rather just do it myself and then bounce off of Iggy and the Plowhawk because I'm going to be able, I'm not going to have to adjust the game, so to speak, because the game is, and I don't want to make, make it sound like it plays fast, make it like only a few people could possibly do this. It's just, there's an understanding of the style of it. And um, and I don't want to, I don't want to mess with it. Like if there's a day where it's like, oh, we've got this guest, this guest, this guest, and I'm kind of like, oh, shit. We're not going to be able to flow today, so it's going to get interrupted. So the pace is going to get interrupted, and the pace and is the thing that I think makes it work. So um, your question is, do I wonder why it works? That's kind of the answer to that. Um, and, I, and I also think that people know that what they're hearing, whether they like it or not, is honest. Um that it's, you know, I mean, hell yeah, you do have um, different opinions on topics, certainly, whether it be as, as simple as sports or as complex as politics. Um, and it's not like, you know, the people will, it doesn't happen often anymore, but occasionally complain to me about Doug's politics. And I'm like, okay, you know, Doug, Doug's, Doug's out there and available for you to talk to Doug. Why, why do you think it's my responsibility to talk to Doug about his politics? Doug's, Doug's a grown man. Doug has a right to his views, you know. Doug doesn't work for me. Doug works for KMOV and KFNS. And talk with Doug if you don't like his views, and maybe you'll, you'll have a wind up having a nice discussion about it. Um, but my point in bringing that up is there's obviously differences of opinions on topics like politics, but certainly on on sports too. Doug and I don't disagree on sports often. I think I think our philosophical differences on politics are actually mirrored in some capacity on our differences that we have on sports. I think there's some similarities in principles that we just happen to see differently on that, that apply to both the politics and the sports. Um, but but the, the disagreements on the show 
are respectful. It's not like you're going to tune into Fox News or CNN or MSNBC and people are going to scream at each other. Or you're like, oh, Stephen A. Smith has taken this angle and Max Kellerman's taken this angle. What you hear is genuine. Like, I don't want somebody to, to, you know, misrepresent their opinion or themselves for the sake of the show. I want nothing to do with that. Um, So I think that the humor, obviously, the quickness of it, uh, certainly people love certain people on the show. Uh, Everybody, I would imagine, has a favorite. And perhaps everybody has somebody that they don't like, and I think that also helps. Um, Or a couple people they don't like, or a couple people they love, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And oftentimes I find, it seems, um, if one is of a certain political persuasion, there, there's a good chance they're going to like one person, and if there's a there's a good chance they're going to like this person. It's just, but everybody like it's not like there's like everybody hates this person. I mean, some people love Iggy, and some people hate Iggy, for example. Um, you know, and Iggy's just Iggy. It's not like he's like okay today I'll do this and he'll get rid. He's who he is. So. Um, that's my opinion as to why it works, you know, but, but I guess at the root of it, you just have some, some people, you know, and I'm talking about the people I work with here, not being as self-indulgent as to say, we're so talented. These guys are talented. If I'm talented, I'm talented. Um, but I will say this, and this is sincere. Um, I, I envy, become envy, uh, obscure reference from the film seven. I envy Doug's ability, the cat's ability, Martin's ability to go back to the beginning to stay in character, so to speak, even though it's not character, and um, deliver a line without laughing. I giggle. I envy that. Now, maybe I'm good at something else. I don't know. But that I, and, and, and sometimes they will say something that will make me laugh my ass off. And I was like, these guys are so fucking good. So that, of course, is a big part of it. All right. I've, 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 gone on and on with one question let me uh uh let me go to another question and and, and candidly i've it's, it's my wedding anniversary as i said at the beginning and and i don't know now that i've gone so damn long i don't know how many more we're going to go to oh god this is a good one but i don't think today's the day for it i'm going to save it um let's see uh good morning tim i was driving with a friend yesterday this was sent on sunday to see what ultimately was Iowa knocking off undefeated Minnesota and Iowa City. He was stunned by some of what I laid out about the Rams' departure and how St. Louis got screwed. He didn't even know there was a lawsuit. There was a mention of Armin Katayan or some other national people taking a deep dive on all of this. I mean, Buck Swope has two episodes of Damning Audio. Why has this not gotten more attention on a national level? Will it take going to trial to get that type of perspective or coverage? Uh, enjoy the time off, but I hope you get to this on the next QFTA. Thanks. That's from Robert in Davenport. Where's Davenport? Are we talking about Iowa? Um, Illinois? Nurse? Um, I think the answer to why hasn't it gotten more national attention is nationally, to the Rams and the NFL's credit, although it was, you know, um, malicious, uh, people would occasionally watch the Rams in St. Louis toward the end and see an empty building. And they'd go, oh, the fans there don't care. And they know that even if they're super young, they know that the Rams were in L.A. up till 1995. And so it's like the Rams are just going home. And therefore, 
Yeah, it just seems like it's the right thing. Nobody in St. Louis cared. Team sucked, and they're going back to their rightful home. I think it's as simple as that, as far as the national perspective on it. There have been stories told, the great storytellers, the great reporters, the great interviewers, make you care about an interview subject or a topic that when you just read a one-sentence summary of the person who's being interviewed or the story, on the surface you go, it's like how I'll decide whether or not I'm going to watch HBO's Real Sports or 60 Minutes. Uh, I don't know if I really care about that. Or Howard Stern has somebody on, and I'm like, oh, like Trevor Noah, I just got done, or I guess I have seven minutes left in his interview with Trevor Noah, um, which I kind of want to talk about, but I don't know if I'll remember to talk about, because it's the first time I've interviewed, or listened to a Stern interview, and I feel like he didn't know where to go with it at one point uh, toward the end of the interview. For those of you who are listening, when Trevor Noah was kind of pontificating on relationships, and I think Stern was kind of like, at one point, got a little weirded out by it. Um, Trevor Noah, the host of The Daily Show. Um but my premise being this, I listened to Trevor Noah just because I'm like, I'll listen to Howard interview him. I don't really watch the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. I did watch it with John Stewart. And as we're driving around, when we were listening to it last night, coming back from dinner, Anna Marie goes, I thought you didn't really like him. I go, no, it's not that I don't like him. I just have never really given him a chance, and I'm interested to hear what he has to say, and now I'm probably going to watch his show. And then we're listening, and it's like he kind of goes off the rails on relationships in, a, in an odd way. Um, and... Uh, and I think that I think it, I think if you listen to it, I mean, I'll probably get like five emails from people who listen to it. So I'm talking to a small audience right now, but uh, I bet you know what I'm talking about. I think you I think you would have picked up on it. It got a little weird. And I think there's a reason why it got weird. Uh, and I think that's because, uh, well, see if we're on the same page. Email me if you listen to it. Teamerkernan inside stl.com. I digress. Um, a great storyteller, a great journalist, a great interviewer can make people care and do make people care about something that they thought they didn't care about. The Rams' story on the exit from St. Louis and winding up in Inglewood is, without question, a hell of a story. Um, it's probably not a movie, but it is its own, as I've said forever, 30 for 30. The issue is, is, if it really is to become a 30 for 30, a 30 for 30 is an ESPN property, and I don't know if ESPN would risk its NFL relationship by putting it on ESPN, so if we're really going to boil it down. Um, so I, I, I don't know where it could or would air, or maybe it just needs to be a long-form story on The Athletic, but now you're, now you're limiting your audience. I mean, it, it, and, it's and it's it's best, it's a 30 for 30. The way it becomes a 30 for 30 is if it has an impact on the NFL, that is damning to the NFL, um, such as the antitrust, which is where it could be going. Um, and that's the core issue. It has to have an impact beyond St. Louis for people to care. And then people have to go, holy shit, that happened? Holy shit, that happened? <coughs> I apologize for the cough. That's what will make people well aware of it. I feel like there's some examples of that in 30 for 30s, where on the surface you go, who the fuck cares? And then you watch and you're like, oh my God, that was the best one yet. And it's about something I didn't even know I cared about. You know? Um, that's that's what makes that's what makes a story. That's what makes a show. So uh, I think that's the core issue. How can that get accomplished? How can it get accomplished if you have 
depositions and somehow those depositions are allowed to be made public. And and I think we're talking about like hitting on a 50-game parlay as far as the chance of that happening. Um, as in there being depositions, that's not necessarily likely, and uh, and then those depositions being made public. So I don't know, but that's that's – I don't know, man. I, at this point, I can't rule it out because I'm starting to think there really might be a lot to this and – because you have professionals involved uh, on the St. Louis side of it, um, because I, I know the Rams would be more than happy to leak, um, but they're the ones running scared. Um, but they do, you know, piss off Dean Spanos by talking about how Spanos wants to move, and then Spanos goes, I don't know where the fuck this is coming from, but we are not moving, and I have a good guess where it's coming from. That uh, that's 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 why I think that there's something there. You're not hearing anything about it. And I think it's because the Rams are scared. The NFL is scared. They're, they would be the leakers. They have their little channels that they can leak through. And uh, and the St. Louis side's like, fuck, we keep winning. And we're the little upstart. We're going up against the biggest law firms in the world, and we just keep we just keep winning. And they can't get rid of us. This thing keeps proceeding. We might have you know what, maybe we could settle and, and set up our families forever. And listen, there's value in that. But we could have a legacy here. I don't know. And, I, and, the, and the honest answer is I don't know. But there's something going on. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to end with some huge settlement. But if it weren't to end in a huge settlement and it actually proceeded, and then you have information out there about what really happened. And I also think, by the way, I don't think St. Louis is going to come out of this looking like 100% the victim. I don't, and by the way, I don't know that, but I just think there's, I bet there's some people in St. Louis who don't want this to get to that spot because I think they might have uh, some situations where it would be a little embarrassing if, because I think part of this was some in St. Louis going, you have nowhere to go, and then the Rams finally did find somewhere to go, and then the NFL and the Rams manipulated to make sure that they did go. That's what I think would be my summary of what happened here. So there is some blood on the hands of some in St. Louis for, you know, your pre-Stan Kroenke driving around Inglewood at 5 in the morning discovery, quote-unquote, of, you know, this monster amount of land, uh, what, just to the west of the forums, if I'm not mistaken, Hollywood Park. Uh, so I think. I don't know it, so I think. But either way, the bigger issue here is, is you know, what went on with the NFL. So that's how that's how it gets out, and that's how there's a hell of a story. But I don't know if it'll ever get out. If it doesn't get out, then it's just going to be kind of this little thing that we as St. Louis and share. Uh, let's see. Uh, my God, my long one. Um, all right, this is going to be my last one, and I'm going to I'm going to save because I just, they're so I've already gone more than an hour and. Uh, and I am by definition on vacation, but the bigger issue is it's my anniversary. Um, and I got to go back to, to be with uh, my uh, family and leave the parking lot. Tim, hope the vacation in the Hamptons is going well. The QFTA podcast has definitely upped its game lately, and it's been a great listen. Uh, okay, sure, it had to do with threesomes and the realities of them, but those podcasts were pretty candid from your perspective and actually spot on as far as the listener that has written in about what happened with him and his wife. Your thoughts about the subject sounded pretty genuine, too. It almost sounded like a confessional when telling about how you felt. 
Uh, not trying to ring the bell, but in my experience, threesomes have been fairly overrated despite being involved in several of them. That was back in the 90s, though, and, well, none of the relationships lasted much longer. It could be viewed as good or bad, but no regrets. My point is nice to hear someone actually putting thought into such a subject and being convincing about it as opposed to placating the masses. Nicely done. Yeah, I don't I, – uh, and then there's a question coming up here, but uh, since that was long, I want to address that. I don't really apologize for at all for having a different perspective on sex than what I would what, what I know is the mainstream. Even though I think a lot of pe- I think it resonates with people because they share the same view. They just know it's frowned upon by the mainstream, even though many in the mainstream share the same views. And so it's kind of this double standard. Like I enjoy threesomes and foursomes, and I've been fortunate enough to participate in them. And I don't think it's a really big deal. It's, it's a, it, let me put it. Let me rephrase that. I don't think it's a big deal to do it uh, when it's going on. It's an absolutely big deal, as far as I'm concerned. It's like sensory overload, and it's the greatest fucking thing in the world. And who cares? And it's just like, okay, nobody gives a shit. It's it's sex, you know. It's not emotion. So, but I also recognize some people aren't in that mindset. Um, so I don't chastise them. I just know that, like, uh, for for others. It goes, oh, you're gross. You did. I'm like, okay, fine. I don't know. It, it, okay, then my recommendation is, if you don't like threesomes, is to not have them. Um, it's a, it's a pretty wonderful solution to the whole thing, or foursomes, or whatever it is that people are into, to each their own. You know, um, what seems to be something that I'm observing, and I'm observing this from, you know, far away, uh, is that it is just like, and I bet a lot of you who are parents of kids in high school or at this point college. Um, and maybe some of you are actually in college or just like freshly removed from it. For me in 19, I tell this story and it's, it's a hundred percent true. And it, it was, it's only 25, and I say only 25 years ago, but 25 years ago is a lot of time, but how much the world has shifted in the 25 years is the thing that is grandiose at our prom at St. Louis U high. Um, Two beautiful women um, started making out. Not just two women, two beautiful women. Perhaps the two most beautiful women um, who were there. And, you know, you got a bunch of 18 year olds in 1994 when this was not common. I would imagine there's, there's that, that's going on everywhere now. Uh, and one of them, I remember, was dancing seductively on the stage, too. It was, that was a whole thing. I mean, I, I can picture it. I can picture it. In 25 years, I can picture it. And the world stopped when these two women started making out. And and, and I think everybody was like, this is, this is, this is it. We've reached the mountaintop on, on our prom, which, of course, is usually this can be this substantial moment for uh, passing from childhood to adulthood. Uh, at least with 1980s movies, it, it usually can be written that way. But but this was, oh, this I think this is actually better. I think this is better. A lot of us were thinking. I know I was. And there's actually a picture of me in the 1994 St. Lucio High yearbook, either holding up a 5 or a 20. And um, and the, the caption is Tim McKernan holding up his winnings from a pre-prom poker game. And I didn't play poker at the time, but that was the caption. Uh, in reality, I was waving the five or the twenty around at this girl dancing on the stage. I think that I was doing that at that time, but I was, uh, and I was seventeen. That, uh, but that's what I was doing because this was this was this was this was absurd for us at the time. Now I would imagine 
if two girls were to start making out a prom, I don't even know if people pay attention to it. Or, which I think is a good thing, two guys making out at prom. I don't think that anybody is bad enough. Now, maybe it's some of these, maybe at my alma mater, I don't know. I don't know where. I do remember this, actually, and I don't know what's wound up going on. I love St. Louis U High. I just uh, did something for St. Louis U High a couple of weeks ago, actually, with Steve Nicolrat, who was the uh, baseball coach who cut me. Um, we had some fun with that and did something for fundraising at St. Louis U High. I hold St. Louis U High in high, high esteem. Um, I truly do. Um, but I remember uh, it might have been my senior year that there was talk of, like, a gay club being formed. Um, I don't know if it ever happened. I don't know if it's happened since. I have no idea. Now, if this were like a, I, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know how it would work because you do have the religion element of it, of the school. So I don't know. But that was '94. So I would imagine this stuff is, you know, I would imagine there, are, I, there are plenty of seniors now, or freshmen for that matter, who are just out. And I don't think people really give a shit, which I think is great because it's kind of like right now as I'm talking. I'm totally getting off topic. You, you sent in something thanking me for talking about threesomes and foursomes, and now all of a sudden I'm going into the 2020 presidential race. That's how fucked up QFTA is. At any moment, we can find ourselves in a new topic, and it's not your fault, it's mine. But Pete Buttigieg is leading in Iowa for the Iowa caucuses with a bullet. I mean, he's shooting up the, the polls. He is, you know... And I had a friend, my friend who's the DraftKings wizard, and he told me this like a month and a half ago. He goes, by the way, I'm watching this debate, and he goes, there is value on Pete Buttigieg to be the Democratic nominee and to win the presidency. And I thought to myself, well, he's impressed me the most by far. It's not, I don't even know who's in second place for me, um, but I can't imagine him winning. Why? Well, I can't imagine the electorate voting for a gay man. That's what I'm thinking. I know I will. I know I will and wouldn't even give a damn. I just couldn't, I couldn't care any less. <laughs> That's not because I'm involved or anything. It's just I don't fucking care. Like, who cares? I don't give a damn. I, you know, I just doesn't, it, I don't care. And it's not, I, that's it, period. But I thought, well, a lot of other people will. Well, apparently not. I mean, listen, if he actually does win the Democratic nomination, I imagine it'll become a much bigger topic. I guess, or maybe it won't be. Shit, I don't know. At this point, I don't know if people are not taking them seriously yet. I think people look at national polls, or they're, they're, they're paying attention to the impeachment, and so they're like, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. First few times I talked about him, I just said Mayor Pete, because I didn't want to mess with his name. I don't know if people are scared to be critical of him because they don't want to be labeled as anti-gay. I don't know. All I know is I'm beyond impressed with him. I had somebody... Um, I don't know if the person wanted his name. It's a compliment, but I don't know if the person wanted his name with it. Um, who was telling me uh, he was doing something, and if I start getting into the specifics, you might be able to figure out who the person was. And I don't like to, when it's a private conversation, I don't like to out it. Um, but um, was was working with on something with some of the people who worked on his staff in South Bend. And this was a couple years ago. And they were... They loved the van. And I'm not talking about like like gay guys. This was men, women, straight, gay, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's fucking people. And they loved him. How smart he was, how good he was, how, you know, way beyond his years he was with his mindset. Just loved him. And it's great to hear because that's my viewpoint as well. 
Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Can't emphasize enough how important it is to have a, a financial advisor, but then it's not just any financial advisor. It's somebody who who knows but cares. Again, plenty of people can know but cares. And Mark Hanna helps everyday people every day get their finances organized. You can call him at 314-889-0503. That's 314-889-0503. Or go online to evergreenstl.com. His name is Mark Hanna. He is with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And I can tell you from getting to know Mark here over the last year, this is a first-class person who has your best interests at heart, and just calling him at 314-889-0503 is going to make you feel better and you're on the right track. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503, or go online at evergreenstl.com. So why do I bring this up? Well, the question was asked about essentially sexuality. And if we are really at a point, like I can't imagine, but I mean, hell, maybe it'll happen. Uh, that the United States could elect a gay man as president. Holy shit. I did, I, you know, I didn't, I, I mean, it'd be great. It'd be great. It'd be great for a lot of reasons, but it'd be great. I honestly, I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised. I am all for it, but I'm just, I'm just looking at what I think is the landscape and maybe that may, I don't know. I mean, can you imagine if it's a gay gentleman who ends Donald Trump's tenure in the White House? And, I mean, it, it just like what 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 for some people, what Donald Trump represents, and then it's a gay man. You know, I remember talking with Janie the lesbian. She called in the morning after the election in November 2016, and she and I think we were texting. But then she also called in and she said, "This I, we're we're scared." You know, I don't think she was with her wife at the time, but they might have been together. She wasn't married yet. She goes, this is this is a scary time, but I understand people don't see it that way because you know the vast majority of the listeners are heterosexual, but you know worried about you know the situation. And I can't relate to that, but I mean I know her, I know her well, and you know she was truly scared, and she's not like some big political activist either. So I mean I, I just I mean I you know if that were to happen. I don't know. I mean, do I think it's going to happen? No, but did I think Donald Trump was going to win? No, I didn't think Donald Trump was going to win like at six o'clock the night of you know November 2016, uh, election Tuesday in, in 2016. So you know, at this point, I'm like, I can't handicap anything. But I know he Buttigieg impresses me the most. And like I said, I don't know who would even be in second. Maybe Cory Booker. I don't know. I really don't. Um, I'm talking about the Democratic uh, candidates at the moment, for real. It's it doesn't it doesn't impress the hell out of me, but Buttigieg does in a major way. But it's like it's not it's not a long list. I digress. Sexuality is what you uh, emailed in about. I don't know. For some people, it's still like this. Oh, tee hee hee. Oh, we can't talk about it. You know, like it's offensive or whatever. And I just I, for the life of me, I don't get it. And so if the fact that I talk about it is resonating with people, that's great. You know, um, to me, I'm just talking about something that is, really isn't that big of a deal. Because I know people have threesomes and foursomes or more, tip of the cap. And it's a, it's, it's a you know, if you're doing it, it's something that you're probably enjoying. And it's great. And God bless America. 
I don't, but at the same time, yeah, I guess I picture other people who host shows, I suppose, quote unquote, sports talk shows and in the area. And yes, I don't, I can't, I don't think I can picture anybody else having this conversation, but at the same time, um, you know, I'm not doing it. It's just, it's, 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 you know, it's been a part of my life and I've enjoyed it. And, you know, God bless, like who really gives a shit? It's, it's like, who cares? I'm not saying, Hey, everybody ought to go out and do this. I get asked about it. Here's my experience. Here are my thoughts. I think it's great. You know, here's some downside to it. Here's some upside, you know, pick whichever item works best for you and then go ahead and check on out and live your life. Um, but if it's titillating for people to talk about it, then, then God bless. Um, that's the thing. Uh, it's like people, you know, in joking, but when it's come up a couple times with David Hunt or with uh, Jack Danforth about me running for office, I'm like, ah, agnostic, can't win, and very, very comfortable talking about my uh, my sexual uh, enjoyments, and that won't win. But who knows? Fuck, maybe at this point now, you see what's going on. People are just kind of like, yeah, you know what? Donald Trump, boy, yeah, not necessarily my bag, but, you know, I like his policies, so fuck it, I don't care. You know, or people go, boy, I love JFK, like my dad will say that. You know, my dad, Timmy, you know, Irish Catholic, my dad loved JFK, but my God, you know, all the stuff he had going on. But he was like, I don't care, I love him, you know. I don't know. I don't know what people really care about. But so anyway, who wrote K-A, is there a name at the end? Kevin. Uh, Charlie Huddy's lawn guy is what his name is, okay? Whatever. Uh, that's that's my that's my perspective on it. I don't think I'm doing anything. But if it, hey, listen, if people like it, then that's great. I'm glad because I'm happy to talk about it. I, I, I'm, I'm all for answering whatever question you might have or if you want to include stories like the gentleman did about his wife and um, whatever that was like a month or two ago where she got sick right before they were about to engage in lesbianism. Share away. I'm all for it. Team Recurrent Inside STL.com. That leads to the question. Okay, my question is, why does the cat shrink into the background when Lisa Ann does her appearance on Fridays? I like the guy. He doesn't hold back any punches when it comes to Iggy or Plowsy on their inaccuracies. And I know he held political office of sorts within the past few years. I guess I just wonder why he essentially vanishes when Lisa Ann is on, though she doesn't mention him either, in all fairness. And Doug, khaki fine Vaughn engages Lisa Ann in casual banter about fantasy football and keeps it clean and funny. Is it a cardinal thing, political thing? I would think he was capable of joining in on the banter and keeping it clean, but what do I know? Thanks for what you and all those you work with do. That's from Kevin, Charlie Huddy's lawn guy. Um, uh, the answer to that is something the cat and I have never discussed. It's one of those things that I believe for both Doug and the cat, they have to play by in their minds and maybe it actually is clear. Uh, I'm, I've never been told that it is. They have they have television jobs, and I was there. And by that I mean I had a television job while doing this show. And I can tell you, with certainty, that I had a conversation, a couple of them I think, with a general manager who I wound up having a, a great relationship with. And the reason why I got these job opportunities in in Denver and New York were, be, I think, in part because he raved about me to the people there um that um that um he he was uncomfortable with some of the stuff we would talk about on the show that i would talk about and i don't know you know i mean we're talking about 2004 here so it's been 15 years maybe it's changed but for the cat and for doug 
their primary jobs are television. You know, for me, my primary job is hosting TMA. So we're operating in different places. And I don't know if you made reference to Jay in there. Obviously, Jay interacts with Lisa Ann. And Jay's primary job is, is Normandy and Walter's Golf. So, you know, Walter's Golf, I don't think, gives a damn if Jay's messing around. Obviously not. They they do. Uh, it's You know, it's been out there for a while with Foot Fetish Friday or talking about whatever. The cat, it might be a different situation. And, you know, it's just not something he participates in. But it's not like he pulls me aside and goes, we really can't do that. He just doesn't participate. So, to me, the cat is handling it exactly how I'd like to think I would handle it if I were in the cat situation, which is, you know what, you guys do what you got to do. I got to do what I got to do. And I don't even know if he has to do it. Or he just might be like, yeah, this doesn't. I'm not, you know, it's not It's not my thing, you know. But at the same time, and the thing I'm saying that I admire about it is it's not like, you know, we're going too far here. I don't think we should do that. That's not it. It's you guys go this route if you want. It's your thing. I'm just going to sit it out. As he jokingly says, I'm going to go get wings. You know, like when Sassy Cassie was on, he went and got wings, so to speak. Um, and I respect that. What I wouldn't respect, and which has never gone on, and the, which is one of the reasons why, going back to the first question, that the thing's been going on for 15 and a half years, um, is that if, if somebody were to say, hey, I don't like that, we can't talk about that, you know, that would be a different deal. That would be a different deal. So, for example, there are times where, you know, whether it be Doug giving a political opinion, I personally don't agree with, but I also am not necessarily interested in arguing it because I don't feel like it's going to be positive for the show if I do. Um, and that I just kind of sit it out. But I don't go, hey, you can't say that. I disagree with it. That would That, to me, would be wrong. So Doug has an opinion or likes something that I don't like, or the cat has an opinion or likes something I don't like, God bless. I can sit it out. And that's what he does there. So for my money, it's handled optimally. It's handled optimally. Because I don't know if he's ever been told he can't talk about that stuff. I don't think that's the case at all. I think he just sits it out. I, I, I think even if he only did radio, I don't think he would really participate. It's just not the th- it's just not something that really gets him going, you know? It's not what something gets him going. It's just you know, it's just it just is. I know the guy very well. It's just not something that gets him going, you know. Whereas obviously for me and for Jay, um, and to a different in a different way, I think for Doug, we find it amusing. Um, it's not what the cat is into and about. So you know, and that doesn't make him better or worse. It's just you know that's. A, but again, it's not like hey, we can't do the Lisa Ann segment. Obviously, we do it. Obviously, it's popular. I think yet I'll tell you what. I also like, and I kind of like that this has happened. I don't kind of like it. I love that it's happened. You have a lot of people who I'm sure before she first came on or would say, I don't like the porn star interviews. Uh, and maybe they just don't like the porn star interviews. Some of it, I think, was false moralizing, uh, virtue signaling of this is inappropriate. I, I, I don't, I, I'm fine with like joking around and the gay stuff towards Doug. You know, that's fine, but the porn stuff is wrong. Okay, fine. Don't, you know, whatever. But now Lisa Ann has played a large role in raising money for our golf tournament by coming in on her own dime, okay, to St. Louis for this thing two years in a row, and also Larry Nickel and raising the money there. And so I think you have a number of people, and I understand it, who equate pornography, sex workers, 
with being bad. And so it becomes, um, I don't know what the right word would be. I use the word paradox. I don't know if it's the proper use of the word. That it's like, okay, she's using her platform to help raise money for charity. When I meet her or when I see her interacting with people, she's incredibly kind. She does this out of the goodness of her own heart. And she's a sex worker, and I've been raised to be told that they're bad. How does this work? And I love that. Good. We're challenging dogma. Good. That's a great thing. So, um, for my money, the segment and the way everybody handles it couldn't be better. I'm, I'm talking about every part, whether the, the person, like the cat, is not participating or whether we are participating, but specifically Lisa Ann, the way the audience handles it. It's informative. It's amusing. And we don't even bat an eye anymore. I mean, we're on with a porn star, one of the all-time most popular porn stars, too, who happens to know more about the NFL than any of us combined. And we're talking about knowledgeable shit regarding fantasy football, all while answering questions from the audience that also have sex questions in there that are amusingly written. I mean, it's perfect. So tip of the cap, tip of the cap to everybody. Everybody gets a game ball. Gold star for you. Gold star for you. Gold star for you. You're all grown up and you're all grown up. All right, that's going to do it. What did I go? An hour and 30 minutes. Holy moly. Uh, but that'll do it. And I made it through, too, with the, uh, with the sore throat and cough and the whole deal. Um, back in St. Louis next week. Many of you are listening to this after the fact. Go with the, th- the sweetheart teaser. I really do believe in it. So congratulations to Texas A&M for beating Georgia and Athens. Uh, and congratulations to Missouri for beating Tennessee by more than 17 and a half points. But um, I enjoy it. Email your questions in timmerkernan at insidestl.com. This has been questions from the audience on the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios today in a car in a coffee shop parking lot in Sanibel, Florida. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.